Hey, what's up, guys? And welcome to the 62nd episode of Talk 4, the quickfire podcast where we ask four great questions to unique and interesting people. Today's guest is no exception. Behind the mic today is your host, Louis Scoopian. That's me. And let me introduce our very special guest for today, Hamlet Tamazian, who is going to be answering a few questions today. I hope I got the name spot on. Um, Hamlet, please say hi to these fine people. Introduce yourself and give us a quick rundown of who you are and what you do before I shoot some questions. Hi, Louis. Thanks for having me. Great to be here. Hello, everyone else. Uh, great to have an opportunity to speak to everyone. As I was introduced, I'm Hamlet, Hamlet Tamazian. Uh, I'm an American Armenian, currently live in Los Angeles, beautiful city of La uh, LA. Um, my background is between Armenia and Los Angeles. I was born on the East Coast in the US, but grew up in Armenia for most of my young life. Uh, moved back to Los Angeles for college, uh, went to business school and a little bit of law school. Um, then I had some dreams of creating new businesses, new ideas, which is originally why I had uh, veered towards the business world. And then throughout our lives, as you very well experienced, we saw the boom of technology and all the emerging businesses and all the things that came out of it. And so I soon realized that that's the world that I wanted to be in. And throughout my later adult life, I uh, transitioned from business and law to being more technical in the world of business and learning programming, etc. And uh, chasing the dreams I had of creating businesses. And uh, specifically, there's one that I will discuss during our conversation today. Um, and throughout my journey of uh, chasing this business, these ideas, I've had experiences of the educational uh, pipelines of learning various things from the business realm, from the uh, from the legal realm. I had stints in uh, the political world as well. I was interested in politics for some time, did a little bit of time in DC for some internships. So I've had a rather broad uh, academic background and mm. using all of that now to channel it all into this business, into entrepreneurship, into creating something out of nothing, which is the beauty of creating any business. And uh, definitely hope to not only create a business through uh, the project we'll discuss today, but a new experience, something something to improve uh, the lives of all people, uh, which is the dream of, uh, of I think, any startup and uh, any business in, in its grand scale. <laughs> so true, so true. And oh, yeah, no, that, that's fantastic. Truly an entrepreneur through and through. And I have to say, so you know, look, looking at the kind of stuff that you've done and looking at the projects and everything, it's um, it's absolutely fantastic to look at what you've done with Tableful. We'll obviously talk more about that um, in a minute and exactly what that is and introduce it to the people. Um, mm. But just looking at the kind, the kind of the concept of it and everything, it really does fill a certain kind of market gap that was absolutely there and was actually a problem and something that was actually causing people mm -hmm you know issues on those kind of occasions and stuff and it's great to see that you've Absolutely. done that and the thing as well is that and you know, people, the idea came yeah. through my personal experience as well just like you said those frictions that exist uh, that spark of entrepreneurship comes from mm. personal experience of feeling something isn't there feeling there is a gap in the market a need that isn't being met and time and again i had that experience personally and at some point i realized that if it's not being done already then that's an opportunity and oh, uh, that's when i I had the spark that maybe this was a chance to, to do something, uh, that very thing that uh, seems to be in need for myself and, and my mm -hmm. friends. Well, that's the thing, though. It's like when you, um, as, as an entrepreneur, when you, when you spot something like a market gap or something that you actually, one of those things that I like what you said there as well is that it, it came from your personal experience as well. And that's one of the things. Mm -hmm. It's like when you actually find there's a problem of something that you, 
you, you're, you're kind of using a product or you're going through a service or an experience and then you think, oh, actually, you know what, this isn't working so well. How could I improve this? Like if I was actually going to take go, you know, pen and paper and start developing something, how could I actually make this experience better for myself? And then obviously other people also are going through the same issues and having the same problems. And then you just jump on it. But obviously there's loads of sort of uncertainties around starting a new business. And um, and obviously I, I own my own business Absolutely. too. And it's, it's pretty easy to kind of like make a Shopify store or something nowadays, but actually developing something with complexity like that from scratch, that's a really impressive thing, man. So all credit to you for doing this. And um, I'll tell you what, like, like you. I said at the start, we've got four great questions here. And um, if you're ready to go, should we um, get cracking on with question one and, and find out more about you and, and what's going on with, with, your, with your ventures? Yeah. Yeah, totally. We can. Uh, and I'm sure some of these answers will trickle into the questions you give as well. But there are some specific points at which uh, these sparks of entrepreneurship came to me. And uh, that goes back years ago. So this is a long journey. It's more of a, a marathon. Some parts of it are sprinted, but it's been a long journey uh, from the initial inception coming to me from my time in college when I was studying abroad and had experiences to travel and see places and had opportunities to go out. And, and this idea that started with me in my early college years, throughout the years of my life over the last 10 years, I've gone through several stages of this entrepreneurial process from first having the idea, uh, creating some sort of uh, reasonable uh, business concept around that idea, uh, putting it into paper, creating a sort of a business plan, and then actually trying to implement it. The implementation is is where the game is at and that's what we'll talk about more as well so let me not get too ahead of myself uh please, let's, let's introduce the questions i'll introduce the topic much better and and uh, and we'll get into it more details oh fantastic it's, it's so true that it's like the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step and it's one of these mm-hmm. things isn't it mm-hmm. um but yeah talking mm-hmm. about that that single step <laughs> our first question kind of winds back the clocks a bit so this ties in really well so um Give me a bit of insight then, Hamlet. So into your background and stuff. So what's your story of becoming an entrepreneur? What were some of the challenges you faced? And where along the way did you actually spot the market gap for Tableful? Mm, fantastic. Perfect question to lead into just what I was uh, starting to talk about. So as I mentioned, the experience of, of traveling a little bit, of having opportunities to be in several you know, locations in, in Europe and having a mag- like wonderful time. But that also gave me an experience at that time to go out to different nightlife venues and experience the promotion of firsthand as the guest. And a lot of the issues that um, I was dealing with at that time, well, there was, first of all, it was financially relevant. Do we, uh, can we afford this? Can we not afford this? What of the available options can we afford? That was, of course, always a priority. But then there's the level of trust that you have with a promoter or someone that approaches you on the street with no real way of making a sale, of uh, of no way to build trust in that moment. A lot of the conversations dealt with having to have some personal relation with the person you're going with. And I realized that there's something that could be done there. That was the initial inception from my personal experiences of having to figure this out with my friends as we were traveling. And then throughout my college years, I was in business school, so I had the opportunity to think on these things, to think on the on the different concepts on uh, around that issue. And for my uh, senior uh, project, we did, um, it was a great coincidence, the, the class that I was in, we had to develop a, a business plan for a technological application, to that something works. Right, right along these lines. <laughs> it worked, yeah. And uh, what we did is my team and I, we came up with um, this predecessor of Tableful, which was a grand idea. It was a 
theme-based social media. And I had called it Hiver at that time. It was, it had to do with bees and colonies. And that came from an inspiration because I, I was at uh, Coachella one time and I had this uh, great feeling of like unity with everyone around. And it felt like a hive of people just acting and living and just being joyous and blissful. And that was the theme that I brought to uh, my application. And it was initially called Hyper, but it did, did a whole bunch of different things in the area of how to, you know, uh, find things to do and how to, you know, uh, make, meet people that are like-minded, et cetera. And, it, and I realized that that was a good project, a good business plan for a school project, but not a good MVP for a business because a business needs to be more lean, more direct. You need to have a spe specific way to monetize, you need to have it reasonable to be built, to be marketed, et cetera. So as yeah. I made that project more and more lean, I thought about where are the places where I can bring most value? Where are the places that already have financial incentives that people are uh, happy to engage with? So all of these questions led me to the creation of what now we have as Tableful. And Tableful mm, is the... It, it changed in uh, several iterations, but from the start, its purpose has been to create a marketplace for VIP tables mm -hmm. where people can see and join without having to know any person individually. So there's many things that uh, a table, a VIP table solves. And I realized that it would solve a lot of our issues as well. Uh, when you're going out, you want that experience, you want that luxury, you want to have a good time, you want to have a place to you know, enjoy what you are doing. And that is one thing that I realized that is very hard to get to. It is gate-kept. And uh, it not only costs money, but it also gives people value. And mm -hmm. it usually costs a lot of money for one person. But if you split that cost amongst friends, it's relatively reasonable. Yeah. So many times during my travels and experiences, the question wasn't really as much as can we afford this, but do we have enough people? Do we have the infrastructure of people and reason to commit to this? And then when you do commit to this, there are technical issues, uh, things that come up and that create friction that no longer make that a good time. Questions such as whose card do you use to buy the table? Who will be there to pitch in? Do you have to then track people down to come? You know, there's all these questions that come up with that aren't necessarily uh, a good aspect of going out. And they and they make your overall experience worse. So all these different issues can be solved by a very simple uh, addition to our experience, which does not take away from the venues. It does not take away from the promoters. It doesn't take away from the guests. Uh, on the contrary, it helps the guests have a better time. The venues make more sales and the promoters have a much bigger audience of people to sell to. Uh, because rather than selling a full table, we can allow people to join tables and essentially carpool a VIP table. Um, and that was actually one of the uh, early names of Tableful as well. It could be that it could have been something like Table Pool, going <laughs> off the name of carpooling. Yeah. Um, and so that idea and the desire to make this idea a reality, to allow people to have that experience, is what drove me to create Tableful and make the initial project of a broader social media that dealt with all human engagement to narrow down on one specific place that seems to be a hurdle for people as we're having uh, the experience of going out and trying to have a good time. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. It's a really, really good idea. And it's, it, like you said, it's not something it's not like reinventing the whole wheel or something. It's just make it. It's already there. Like it, it, there's so much potential. There's mm -hmm. such a big gap for it. But it was such a, such mm -hmm. a weird problem to have. I mean, just thinking about it, it's like for me, for example, 
if I usually if I was to go out or something, it would be when I'm traveling, for example. But the problem is when you're traveling, mm-hmm. you're usually traveling solo. So if you go, if I go to Miami, which I'm going on like the first of March or something of this year, mm-hmm. I don't know the people there. I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. going to have a group of friends to share this table with. But the thing as well is that the VIP stuff. That's also a fantastic place to like meet people and networking and stuff, especially as a business person. So technically it's almost like a bit of an investment as well, but you can't do that sort of a thing. If if you have to pay for a whole bloody table yourself, it doesn't work like that. So putting, putting the per person price on it is fantastic. And it just eliminates all the gray area and it just makes it, makes it like, this is what you're going to have to do. Here's your thing. Voila. It's perfect. And yeah, I I love it. Keep, keep, keep telling me about it. I love to hear that. So tell me yeah, a bit more about it. So on that, yeah, on that topic, sorry. There, Go before we move on, um, as you said, you know, if you're traveling alone, or even if you're traveling with your partner or with a couple yeah. of friends, still, when you're traveling, you need to be efficient with the money that you have. Yes, you Absolutely. have some money to spend. You're there for a good time, but no reasonable person in in regular middle class, even upper middle class person, would go out and then spend a lot of money on a table that they can't afford however Mm. we still want to have a good time we still want to be dignified in our experience maybe you're going out and you want to take your partner out somewhere very nice because you're traveling now you don't know the promoters there you don't have any friends there so you have to uh, figure out how to have that good experience on Mm. your own and this opens the door for all people who are traveling to have that extra level of experience that we all want and really need when we're going out because when you go out and you have only a few hours to spend and you have to spend half half an hour to an hour of that in a line when you're really there to have a good time there's really a gap in the market that it shouldn't be on the people to resolve Mm. the venues currently don't disallow people from uh, joining their forces to buy a table very frequently even as you're waiting in line the people who are offering tables will try to combine people on the fly to join them into a one one unit and one table and that's not very efficient mm-hmm. um venues shouldn't be in the position to uh, have their guests have to figure out these financial details when they themselves can have an easy way to offer them to experience their venue in that elevated uh, manner and mm-hmm. so it shouldn't be on the guests but it also shouldn't necessarily be on every venue to have to implement this technology on their own venues are neither that wealthy you know always to to on their own some are large corporations but not all are and Mm. it shouldn't be on them either to all create their own applications to solve this and that's where tableful comes in it offers a simple solution for a big problem that will help not only the guests and the venues and the promoters and everyone else involved in the experience and Tableful, uh, the Tableful is designed also in a manner to serve as a promotion tool mm. for the venues and the promoters. So not only will we promote the venues, et cetera, that we work with, but we're happy to work with existing promoters who will be able to sell tables and tickets, et cetera, through Tableful. So rather than having to hunt for individuals that can pay for $1,000 for a table, they now need to find anyone who can pay maybe a hundred dollars for a seat mm, yeah. and in return the guests get expedited entry they get the table the ticket and in uh, uh, for the difference in price between a regular ticket and what they're paying you get drink tickets so for the same amount of money that you would be spending at the venue anyway in a staggered manner a little mm. bit here a little bit there and in addition you're being inconvenienced at every step of the way now the offer is pay once up front and have the entire experience 
in an all you can experience type of way. Yeah. You know, you get all the best benefits that the venue has to offer. You don't need to bring 10 people with you. If it's just you, that's fine. Are you on a date? That's fine. It's you and your two friends on a night out. That's fine. We still, we don't need to be in a big group to want to have a good experience. So true. I love it. It's, so, it's yeah. such a good idea. But the, the other thing as well is that there's that, that's kind of like the big problem side of it. But also the other thing as well is just that people who are going out, let's face it, we don't want to have to have a complex thing. We want to go and we want to have fun and we want to have a few drinks. That's simple. We don't want to mm-hmm. be buggering around with getting people to organize massive tables and everything and and sorting these things out and like you said as well the venues too if they if they're losing customers because people simply a do not want to come there and and spend a fortune on this table or b do not want the hassle of it as well like you know that the hassle of having to organize all of this and try and get all this stuff and then they end up just going somewhere else and staying home that's a problem for the venues like they they obviously need Mm -hmm. to have these tables full and this is a way for them to at least pack it more out for sure um but going going to my second question it's this is about the same subject too um uh, you've kind of explained almost what table is already so i'm just going to ask you then so what kind of was the the process then from going from the idea to the product that you have now and tell me a little story as well what was the how did you get your first customer or your first deal as well? Because obviously when you, when you're fresh out the market, you've just came out, come out with this thing is getting that first person or that first deal on board. is quite tough. So how did that happen for you? Tell me a story. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I'll start the story with a step, just one step back. And the first step back is to have the actual infrastructure to offer this experience. Mm-hmm. So as mu- as good as the idea is to, in order to implement the idea and particularly to implement it at the scale where it's relevant, um, I first needed to have the application. I needed the technology, the infrastructure to support this grand claim that I'm making. And in order to support this grand claim, I needed to develop this project, this whole application. And as I mentioned, I was a business student and uh, I did some law school stuff, but I wasn't technical. I wasn't a software developer. And so that was really the first step in the challenge. I didn't at that time know know where that would take me. I had some professors who I spoke with and although they were encouraging, they they shared with me that if I didn't know the basics of what the world was like, it was very, um, very difficult to maneuver, very difficult to know what I need to do. So my very first step, frankly, was to learn to code. I learned how to program um, in order to be able to have conversations uh, with the developers who would um, eventually be working on Tableful. And that was the initial big hurdle. I needed to figure out how do I create an application? And so that took me on a journey that actually, you know, I learned programming. I learned how to do, do software development so much. And I enjoyed it so much that I myself became a software developer. Mm-hmm. And that actually has really helped me guide me throughout the time, not only financially being able to understand what I can and can't do uh, in terms of the, the world and being able to, to manage my own projects, develop it, et cetera. And uh, it, that, that took several years. So even um, even before I really could go out and uh, make these claims with the partners, and I, I tried initially, but it, it always came back to what are we going to use, what are what is the tools, etc. And so you know that that made me uh, realize that I need to work on uh, developing the infrastructure first. So while I did that mm, uh, through throughout my learning experience, as I was learning to program, 
the the projects that I did, the, the work that I did was all around Tableful. I I'd made the first demos of Tableful to be able to pitch to the um, to other developers to show them what I need to show it to other venues, etc. So that was the very first stage, and then eventually I had to find designers to work with to, to develop a, a real mockup for the real website, and then comes the real development of it, having to you know, uh, raise some funds to start the initial development and yeah. all the way through. And then eventually we had um, an application that was working enough such that we could have our first partners. Mm. And uh, the timing of that uh, was quite unfortunate. It happened right before everything shut down. And so I uh, I had some uh, some partnerships before that time. And uh, those partnerships were a bit more sporadic. I was working with promoters who would take me to events. And through the the times of uh, those sporadic um, experiences, we were able to test the idea to see if we were able to make sales and whatnot. And uh, through the few times that we had it at a certain location, it was called Sayers Club here in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. It was our first uh, first partner that we had extensive conversations with. And they realized that every time we had events there, we would sell uh, one to two tables worth of uh, of tickets that were uh, more expensive than regular tickets that people loved. Um, mm -hmm. So just by, and I was not a promoter prior to that either, and I'm still really not, but through my uh, efforts with Tableful, I have been doing quite a bit of nightlife promotion. And even not having been of that world, just offering this uh, to people, it's such a reasonable and good deal that we were able to sell multiple uh, tickets to, to guests uh, throughout several nights. And that led them to just base it on their own experience. And we, uh, I worked with Zayers Club to put together our first full contract and we were going to service them for all their table service needs. And through the, through the work of creating the niche of Tableful, which is table splitting, we actually had to create the infrastructure for an entire table service management system. So now the Tableful platform not only can do um, the specific aspect that we that I, that I highlighted, but also just regular uh, tickets, guest lists, uh, tables, and we emphasize our niche, which, which is splitting the tables. So although that is the one thing we are uh, working to innovate on and bring to the public, we also have uh, infrastructure to offer all the other things. So now the conversation with the venues is that we we work with them, we promote all of their events, whether they have guest lists, tickets, et cetera. And if and when it makes sense for them on certain days or on, uh, or on all days, but just one table, uh, they will activate the split table feature on the tables that they have. So there may be various reasons for this, right? They can either have planned to sell out all the tables, but they don't, or there are cancellations, or someone came and left early, and now they have extra space at their venue, and it's hard to get another person to buy it in full. There are various scenarios where it can make sense. And at the very least, there are, there are days that the venues don't sell all the way, uh, or even if they do. Offering this extra level of experience is going to do nothing but good for the venue by offering guests a better way to experience that space. Um, and many venues uh, at this time have guest list options, mm -hmm. which are ways for people to get into a venue for free. And that's done just to, you know, promote people to get there, to pack it up a little bit before later hours. Um, and so there are various different ways that venues are trying to get people excited 
And mm. this is a better one. Rather than offering people to come in early for free, there are many people that would be much happier to come to the venue and spend more, but actually receive something valuable in return. Um, so during the past six months, which we had active work um, post uh, the, the lockdowns, we started about six months ago towards the end of summer. And um, throughout that time, we've worked with um, around 10 partners with either events or or brick and mortar venues. Mm. And um, generally on any given night, we will sell one to two extra tables um, of, of that space. And so uh, now our efforts going into the next uh, phase of Tableful, rather than working with a smaller number of partners in a more boutique fashion where I was very hands-on with every single piece, mm. the, the efforts now is to grow to more venues, uh, with more people, with more partnerships. And that, frankly, is part of the reason why I'm uh, currently seeking to get the word out about Tableful as we are in a, a position now. Uh, both technologically and in terms of our presence that we can support a larger growth. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I implore all the people or all the venues, et cetera, to whoever does uh, hear about Tableful through this channel and through others, you know, please do reach out to us. We want to know where you are. We want to hear from them. Uh, we also would love to uh, expand beyond Los Angeles. Yep. So if there are any people, uh, venues or guests, or whatnot anywhere else, you know, we're always happy to hear where, um, where we have potential partnerships uh, available. And uh, so yeah, this next phase of Tableful is going to be a lot more about growth, about finding more partnerships, and, um, and bringing this experience to more and more guests. It's great to see. And yeah, it's a fantastic idea executed really, really well. And one of the points I really like that you made as well is that you do have to know your craft. So when you have an idea that's in your head, like, you know what you're trying to make, you know what it, what you want it to look like, but other people can't see that. So when you're talking to someone like a developer for something mm. that's like a complex project, you do need to kind of know what you're talking about to explain it to them in, in a way that they mm -hmm. can understand. So if you like, like you said about the coding, um, and something else that I was just thinking about with Tableful. Um, so obviously this is this is based right now on the kind of like getting the seats, getting the VIP stuff and the per person price. I'm just wondering, is this something that you think could go into like almost like a one-stop shop for everything in, in these clubs and these VIP places? Like for example, if you, you're getting the seats and everything there and you've, you've put the payment information in and you've sold and you've bought, bought the seat, for example, could there potentially be something like I don't know, fast track, skip the queue, extra things coming on, or maybe even like table service for that table and stuff like with the drinks and, and stuff like that oh, yeah. too. Yeah. Is is that, is that something yeah. we're going to be seeing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That is definitely the goal. Um, long-term goal, because mm -hmm. as we said, an MVP has to have a specific thing that you're marketing uh, with, but then once you have that initial hook and there's a lot of other things that we can bring to the venues. If you think of, for example, Snapchat, Initially, mm -hmm. it was very focused on doing very simple one thing, which was just sending images that would disappear. And then after they had initial growth, they had a hook, they had a customer base, and then they added more and more features, you know, going from the filters and the lenses yeah. and the stories, and all these things that they innovated with. But you need to first focus on building out the core of the product. What will people be coming to the project for? So what is, what is it that we will have as tableful that other venues cannot. So we will compete in the space as well for all the tangential uh, aspects of nightlife. 
but there are already players that are doing some of those things. So in the, in our initial phases, at least, although we will be doing the other things, our emphasis will be to, to innovate on this particular aspect, which is the table sharing aspect. Mm -hmm. And once we have that, we already have an integrated payment portal. So for one thing, guests can choose to pay without card or cash. If they want to just pay through the application, the venue uh, through the attendant user type uh, can charge the guest uh, whatever amount, and the guest can pay through their application, through, through, through the phone, uh, which yep. can be either the PayPal or Apple Pay, et cetera. So we already have one such integration, um, and we chose that one because, because um, although, you know, for example, ordering through Tableful would be possible, but it's much more detailed and intricate, and you have to build out the menu system, and you have to build out the menus themselves. So there's mm -hmm. more work on the venues to have to implement that. Yeah. Instead... Yep. Kind of skipped the ordering part um, and we just say oh do you want to just pay through the application for cardless and cashless transactions mm -hmm. just for extra convenience or maybe some venues don't have um, or, or events are being held at random locations and they don't have integrated payment portals mm -hmm. right you need to have some sort of payment system um, so they can use tableful to have a all-in-one um, tool to manage their whole event to sell their tickets to sell everything and collect payments so yeah. that is one such integration we've already included. Uh, future ones will include things like group messaging. Once you join a table, you will have a group message to make it more social. There will That's be good. things uh, like loyalty programs that will uh, maybe uh, based on the venues, the venues can offer certain things or even table can offer loyalty benefits. Uh, so there's many things that uh, I have thought about and we have potential to actually implement. Uh, but all of those things will come, you know, after a certain um certain growth in our core business um, and we will keep adding some of the features as we go on uh, that isn't to say we're not going to uh, keep adding those features but we're not going to emphasize them as much uh, now because that will spread too much you know you're mm -hmm. not going to go to tableful to get into a group message yeah. you're going to go to tableful to get a vip seat at a table yep. and as a benefit to that you will be able to message with the other people at your table to make your experience better yeah, so yeah, yeah. there are certainly a lot of things that we can add to improve the experience. And that's what Tableful is all about. Take what we currently have as an experience and see what can we use that the venue already is offering to bundle up and offer to guests mm. to you know let the guests buy it in bulk and not have to worry about every single pain point of their night out experience yeah. as they're experiencing their night out. Just yeah, yeah, plan yeah. it once. Have an idea for what you want, budget for it, make sure you're good, and then go in and don't worry about anything else. Everything is there for you. You're a VIP guest. You're there to have a good time. And one and, uh, other aspect of this, not to distract from the core Tableful concept, but you ask, um, is there other things that you can do you know, with Tableful? And rather than zooming in and adding all these extra features, one thing that I've even considered about Tableful is that it doesn't need to be just about nightlife spaces. You know, mm. in the future, there are other uh, potential uh, things that people buy that are um, that are usually bought in bulk that mm. maybe we could use and implement the Tableful model and let the venues uh, wh wherever it makes sense to allow guests to buy into it per person, whether yeah. that be a box seat at a football stadium or um, some other expensive um, item that is hard to get individually, but you're happy to pay for your own seat. So yeah, the idea yeah, yeah, is yeah. just to not be of finding out how to how and who to split with on the people. 
the people are coming to the venues. They will choose for themselves. They don't need to do the work of finding 10 other people to go out with if it's just them and their few friends. Yeah. Absolutely. I think another thing I'd like to see as well, potentially in the future, just thinking about it, I have to say, I love this because it's it's one of these things like the little entrepreneur in me is just thinking there's so much that we could like, that, that could be done with this thing because you've got such a good thing and there's so much room to expand and so many little mm-hmm. gaps to fill. Another one mm-hmm. I'm thinking of right now, for example, would be like, if you could have like a profile or something. So for example, you make an account and you create a profile, a bit like a social media profile. And then if mm-hmm. you, if for example, on that on that night out, you met, I don't know, someone who you really liked or something at the table or that you that you're at, mm-hmm. or for example, there was someone there who was like really influential, giving you good advice, and you just clicked like a, a really good friend or whatever. I was wondering if like it would be possible almost to have kind of like a social side of it too, where like the morning after, or day oh. after, or something, you could actually like see the people who were there and, and send them like a friend request or something, and just be like, hey, coffee, coffee later yeah. or something. Yeah, that's pretty brilliant. Yeah, uh, I've actually, uh, you speak to my mind there as well, because uh, you're saying social media aspects for guests and Mm. definitely a good idea. But one step that I've considered prior to making it a social media for everyone is to make it a social media for the promoters themselves. Yeah. So not only are we working with just the the venues, brick and mortar venues, but also promotion companies. So ones that do events and don't have a physical location. And we also work with promoters. If a promoter has access to different spaces that they promote rather than telling people to DM them for a certain access or whatever, we will also be offering this tool for promoters to use to display all of their offerings in a more professional manner. And so for those promoters, uh, the first step you know, and and maybe at that point, once we're implementing it, it would be good to make it available for anyone. But the first step was to offer uh, there to be a social media like experience for yeah. the promoters themselves, so that they yeah, had yeah, a yeah. social media page that looked something like a LinkedIn. That was a professional promoter page on a promotion platform that they could use to make all of their sales. So mm-hmm. they could have simple posts users could follow it. They could make those posts and then share them on other platforms as well, of course. But the idea would be to keep their core business and have certain ways for people to follow them. So if you have certain people that you know are good promoters, rather than them sending you texts all the time or them being lost in your general Instagram, you'd have a dedicated place where you follow your favorite promoters who will constantly be telling you what the next best thing that is available to do. And you would easily be able to link with them through their link, through their page, see all the available options, the venues they have, events they have, tables. So, so yeah, the next, uh, the next social media ask phase, at least the way that I had initially uh, mm. seen it was to, to do it for the promoters. And the reason for that is that they, they have a more direct need. Mm. Um, when you build a social media, you need a lot of people on it for it to be relevant. Yeah. Um, so for people, they would need to have some sort of presence of others on that social uh, makes media sense. platform for it to make sense for them. But if you're a promoter, you have a direct business need for it. So your incentive to make a page and manage it would be different and likely mm, uh, measured more, not by the number of people on the platform, but that as well, of course, it's always relevant, but more based on your needs and how can you use this platform to your benefit. So after we have those promoters having a a social media page and give the people a reason to follow them, et cetera. And then I think there will be a good opportunity to convert those people as well into users. I love it. I love it. It's so good. I mean, it's like you've kind of got this, you've got this, this body almost now and, and you've got so many things you can add on. Like you can put the armor on, you can give them a, 
a sword you can give him a helmet and everything there's so many things to add on i'm wondering as well like yeah. if if you could have like the venues and stuff we're talking about the venues if if you could almost have like a map or something integrated into into mm-hmm. table four or something where it shows you all the nearby sort of table four using clubs and stuff and for example then or vip places and then they can also say okay if it's your first time or something then you can have 10 pounds off or, or sorry your us I'm, I'm used to being in the yeah. uk or like 10 dollars off your first yeah. experience here or something and and the, and the venue i mean we already that. have that really <laughs> we i already it. have that i love yeah. it this guy's on it look yeah, at these, that's these a, entrepreneurial I, minds it's i so love good. that energy too I love it because this idea and I love having conversations about tableful mm. because I can feel it. I can feel people's eyes and minds light up with the opportunity, not only generally about how cool of an mm. idea that would be, but also for ourselves. Right. It's like it's cool to discuss a cool business and see what more you can do with it. Yeah. And also you're I get giddy myself when I when I feel those interactions. I'm I'm sensing your energy and and I can tell that you like the idea. And, and I love that because that really validates the point every time because uh, the way that people first interact with this idea and so many new ideas come to your mind mm. after the initial uh, thought about table four. you're like oh how about this and how about that and mm. that's super inspiring to me and i love to hear it and, and all those things that you mentioned i rather agree with so much so that i've been working on various aspects of, of some of those things for, for some time and <laughs> and now over the last year we're really getting a, a very polished application and, and really getting to the place where we can bring this uh, project and concept to to reality for more and more mm. people that's brilliant i mean yeah we're kind of sticking to this subject quite well but honestly i'm loving this conversation and i just want to ask one more thing about it too then so you mentioned obviously that right now it's kind of in- inclusive to los angeles so what 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 do you need to do? What's kind of like the process for you to actually take this almost like international or something or get, get out of Los Angeles, go to other places in the US and get this there? And also what 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 do you think it would you need to have or what, what would need to happen to be able to get this almost worldwide in a sense, then do you think? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. Um I I think Los Angeles generally is a good test market. Um and having uh, more widespread success in Los Angeles would really validate the concept so much so that I think going to other cities would be easier and easier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next city that I would like to move to would be Las Vegas. I think oh, it's uh, a good one for sure. Geographically, and they have a big need all the time. You know, there's most people there are traveling. They're there to have that good time. And I think Tableful would really bridge the gap for the experience they're currently getting to the experience that they want. But um, if we think about what we need, for this, it's really not much. It's really just one venue that has the desire to make this uh, improved experience a reality for their guests. And then that's it. We have the technology to support and we can create their page and then they can promote that ticket type alongside all of their others. Mm. We're happy to work with venues to offer all of the table full features to let them use uh, our site for tickets, guest lists, et cetera. Um, But all we really need is for them to be willing and uh, wanting to offer this experience and at that point the rest of it is just digital uh, digital marketing and if they have promoters that they want to work with they can integrate those promoters as well all they need is a promo code and every sale they make will track and send them money so really all we need is a venue that wants to work with us uh, right now my sales efforts and my mm, my main goal is to increase the number of venues here in Los Angeles. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't mean that if 
there are opportunities elsewhere uh, we don't want to take them. Right now, I'm sure. working with some folks in New York uh, and uh, discussing potential uh, work with some of some partners there. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, there really is nothing holding us from from being everywhere uh, at this stage. I haven't really I haven't raised any money, so all of it has been self-funded, bootstrapped. Um, so one thing that you know, obviously, it always is helpful to take something to a global scale is, is resources. Yep. You know, you need a lot of resources to to market to, to certain uh, populations. So if we split between New York and L.A., for example, we will either need to focus on one or the other in terms of our marketing efforts, or we'll need to split the available resources in half, or we'll need to raise more money. So that is the reason why focusing on one location really will allow us to use all of our resources uh, in a maximally efficient manner and see uh, what lessons we can learn from this market as we take those learnings to newer markets. Yeah. Um, but uh, at some time, as many as all businesses really do, we will likely have fundraising rounds, which will provide us the resources to really take that to a global scale. But at yeah. this point, um, all of the things that we have done um, have been um, self-funded and we're at a stage where we can continue to function in a self-funded self ma manner mm -hmm. and hopefully uh, reach some sort of sustainability, um, even in the city of L.A. So there's a huge uh, growth potential just within the city of L.A. There's so many events, so many venues, um, and uh, we've only been around for six months and we've had an opportunity to work with various different uh, venues and events so far and uh, really validating the, the, the concept uh, more and more with each yeah. uh, business. Of course, um, I don't need the validation. And, uh, and from our conversation, uh, I think I can sense that you also feel that the idea is valid. But every new venue, every new uh, business opportunity, um, I, and I understand from the business's perspective as well, they already have a business that is currently working, um, moving to a different form of uh, of of running their business, adding something is is um, reasonably a risky thing for them to consider. So having those uh, those previous successes and things to speak on always helps with the next project. Yeah. So that's why you know step by step we're taking our project from one venue to the next venue. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, as I said, we've over the last six months been working with some partners in a more boutique fashion, and now going into this next year, uh, we're really working to. Uh, get the idea of more out there, uh, share the word, and have uh, people potentially reach out to us as well, inquire, join the platform, even if um, they're not currently uh, in Los Angeles, for example, we would love to um, have them either subscribe to hear about Tableful yeah. when it does go to their location or tell us where they are. And maybe if we have enough people that are at a certain location that have a desire to be on this platform, we can open uh, some opportunities there. Um, and also venues and managers and, and yep. everyone else who might uh, be interested in, you know, we want to hear from them. Let's uh, begin these conversations. And the sooner we connect with all these different potential partners, the sooner we'll be able to yep. uh, move into their markets. That's great. I mean, yeah, six months is early, early doors. I mean, it's really, you can tell it's in its infancy, but it's got a great, great future ahead of it. And if you keep innovating, it's going to be fantastic. But Thank yeah, you. no, we've, uh, it's, it's absolute pleasure. I love the idea. It's great. Uh, I, I love the thing too. Uh, not just the idea, the thing that's come out of it is brilliant. Um, but yeah, so, so moving on then. Um, 
So question three, obviously, so now I'll just say it. So entrepreneurs, we're both clearly entrepreneurs. Um, and we all have like these little kind of things, these these knacks and these traits and these things that we, we found along the way, which just work for us. So my third question is kind of about this then. So um, as an entrepreneur and founder, I'm sure along the way you picked up many tricks and special skills uh, for your ventures. So my question is, do you have any unique tips or tricks or practices for the entrepreneurs listening that you felt have helped you a lot in your journey? And that could be in business, development, lifestyle, productivity, or just anything. Yeah, uh, thanks for the question. Um, I uh, I don't know how unique these will be, but I I do have some some ideas that mm. you know have definitely helped me keep the project going. And as an entrepreneur, you know, when you're building something, it takes time. Um, and uh, something that takes time, it means that you have to have your your life be able to success successfully go on during that time so mm -hmm. uh, at one point in my life uh when i was you know first uh, thinking of the tableful project i was in a dilemma of whether i should you know try the entrepreneurship route and you know invest in only you know doing this idea or should i have a career and and as difficult as it was to do both i i really think it is important to um, it, uh, to follow your dreams and chase and uh, trying to chase an idea like i have to bring it to reality but uh, I've spent 10 years now, and if I didn't have work, if I didn't have a career path, some marketable skills that I could fall back on, it would be very hard to continue chasing the idea as long as I have. So one thing would be to as much as we love to chase the idea that we have, um, always it's important to keep ourselves accountable to ourselves and the ones around us who count on us and our community yeah. and make sure that we have uh, we have plans uh, and, and fallbacks and things that we can do to continue living a decent life. So that's just the general thing. And, um, you know, chasing this idea, fortunately, I was I was brought to the world of software development, which is the marketable skill that I worked on. And it was, um, it was helpful to my project. So I'm not saying what you do for work can't be aligned with what you want to do for your business, but there has to be something um, that you are able to do um, outside of your business as well until the time that you can focus solely on your business. And my journey has been 10 years now, maybe from the initial inception of the idea. For some, it might be shorter, I, you know, of course. But 10 years, meaning I had to learn the skills. I had to then build the project. I had to then implement the project. And then some years we had a curveball of the entire, you know, everything being shut down. So we, you know, we had to work through that time as well. And so my point is that if you don't have things that you can do during these times of trouble, then it will be very easy to be forced to leave the idea that you had. And with the idea itself, um, building something, you know, is no easy task. And uh, there's a lot of professional work that, that goes into it on the technical side of development, on the legal side, on accounting, on social media, marketing, et cetera. And I would say that it's good to know what you can do. And then it's good to know what you can delegate. Yes. Delegation and finding finding partners that can help you do certain tasks is very important. Um, I myself chose to have a work that I can use to then fund the other partners that I paid to do these tasks in a professional way. So it was always important for me that Tableful was presented in an optimal manner. And that meant that the people that I work with have to be professional. Even if I can do certain things and they will be fine, I preferred to find professionals in the field and work with them to get that stuff done 
correctly. You know, do it once, do it right, and then move on to the next thing. Whereas if you try to implement something in a, you know, 50-50 kind of way, then you're going to have to come back to it. People will use it and they won't like it, et cetera, which is always an issue for the startup world, right? You want to create something, but you got to have it be efficient and cheap enough for it to exist. But also, uh, so these are all about, this is a balancing act and no easy thing to do. And in my case, it just took more time. So because sure. I wanted to be able to fund it myself. I needed to, you know, make sure that I did this in the best way possible, that the best way possible. So that delegation is definitely very important. And nowadays, finding the proper tools to use is another layer of that. And the AI explosion that we've experienced has been, I mean, it's just crazy, right? The last year alone has seen more innovation than we could have even imagined. And Mm -hmm. the things that I'm able to do now alone as an entrepreneur are quite mind-blowing compared to what was possible a few days even ago. I used ChatGPT the other day to generate an entire email marketing campaign based on my project with specific details about Tableful which was, I mean, it's still unreal and unimaginable, but these are tools that we can now use by one person um, to do a lot of heavy lifting. So whether it's social media campaigns or email marketing campaigns or you know anything else that is generally difficult to do for any individual, now we have a lot of tools that can help you get the ball rolling. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't say that it's good for one entrepreneur to do all those things. Still delegation when relevant is good. But some things you need to do yourself in the beginning to get it to a state where you can then delegate to others. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's a little bit of both. <laughs> find what you can do, find what you're good at, uh, do those things, find the tools to get your project to the next stage. And when you think it's ready for the next stage, find those next partners that will help you bring your project to even the next level. That's a great answer. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Chat GPT is just ridiculous. Honestly, it's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. I've been using that recently yeah. too. It just, it blows my mind. Um, But yeah, it's so yeah. true. So what you said there as well, just got me thinking. It's like one of, one of the most important things for that, for the delegation side of things is just, you have to be honest with yourself. Like you have to be realistic and you have to have a, a strong degree of self-reflection too and that only comes from when you actually sit down and you actually think like well, what's going on here like you actually have to have like the after action reports and stuff you have to look at what's actually happened and what's going on and then you can start to be honest with yourself like okay so i'm good at this this is going really well i'm passionate about this but this side of things is lacking right now so then you can start to look to outsource that to the people who actually do that because we all look very similar we're all you know the same amount of bones and sack of blood and everything but everyone's got this different talents and skill sets and everything and and sometimes you just you just can't feel you just can't fill their shoes when they're when they're genuinely just that good at something or that naturally talented. So absolutely. And I think that that's one of those things. It's like you're just filling the gaps, isn't it? Like like tableful. You saw a market gap and you filled it with tableful. It's the exact same thing here. You have a gap in your mm-hmm. in your skill set. Mm-hmm. You fill it with someone else who can do that really well. But obviously, like you said, in startups it's quite difficult because obviously then you're most likely gonna have to pay these people and stuff. And if you don't have the money mm-hmm. to do that, then it's difficult. So like when you're slugging along as a solopreneur at the start, it's tough. But yeah. obviously the growth of the business kind of kind of aids in that but you have to kind of be open-minded towards the whole growth side of things but you do you do yeah you know you gotta have you gotta focus on the things that you have a competitive advantage at even if 
you think that you can spend 30 hours to do this simple task, but you're proud that you're the one who did it. Okay. Well, maybe you took some learnings from that experience. Maybe you can do it better the next time. Yeah. But is that something that is truly valuable for you? Is that the best way to spend your time? Or, I mean, in my case, I was able to work and through the hours that I worked, I was able to then, you know, raise enough funds from that to then use to do whatever those things that I wanted to do. Mm. So rather than spending 40 hours per week, uh, you know, doing on doing my own projects, I was able to find something else that I could do that would actually be monetarily effective and, and productive for me that I could then turn around and invest. So, you know, as an entrepreneur, your time is valuable and your time also costs money. Spending time doing something that you think, oh, I got it for free. You didn't get it for free. You spent a lot of your time doing something. Yeah. So it's not free. You still spent money. It's just how do you, you know, count that money? Do you consider your time money or do you not? If your time is money, what what else can you use your time to generate? What other valuable products can you uh, create? What value can you create out of your time? And if it comes to the, and if your answer, you know, if you're being honest to yourself is that, well, you know, you tried that one time, you spent a lot of time on it. Your next time you do it, you're not going to be much better because you didn't really learn much from it. How much better off are you at doing that same thing again and again? without getting better and you get mediocre results in the end where alternatively you could have maybe saved for a month maybe even a couple of months and then paid one person to do all of what you need for months to come yeah. and it's done in a professional manner uh, such that you can be proud of it and you can actually use it to generate more revenue for your business mm, absolutely so true you've now you've hit the nail on the head there man i love it and um yeah just so for the last question then as well just Keep on with the entrepreneur thing as well. So entrepreneurs, we are proactive people. We think and we do and we create things. And and this is exactly what you've done. Um, so I'm just interested. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this. So just for my last thing as well, um, what are your plans going forward now? So like what's what's coming up for you in the future, in the near near future and stuff with Tableful? Um, do you think you're going to keep innovating around the exact kind of VIP lifestyle space? Or do you think you might expand into other businesses and genres as well and um, and other fields as well and stuff like you kind of tapped on this bit earlier? What's the plan for you? Yeah, once again, thank you for, for the question. Um, I I think, at least for the short or near-term future, the focus will be to uh, continue building Tableful with the, with the core concepts that we currently have mm -hmm. and um, won't spread out too much into different fields and different spaces, like we discussed, the, the maybe football boxes, et cetera. We won't sure. get to that in any anytime soon but we will continue innovating uh, around the areas that we discussed to make people's lives better so when i say that uh, in the vip segment it might um what we generally understand when we talk about uh, the vip segment is what we always have been doing right the vip segment is a segment that is super served to a very few number of people um, and those few people will always have that VIP luxury segment to enjoy. Yeah. Uh, there will never be a time when that uh, segment of our community is not served. So the purpose of Tableful isn't as much to focus so much on that VIP experience as it currently is, but to make that VIP experience more accessible for more people. That doesn't mean to make it cheaper or worse. That just means to make it available for more people. Yeah. So that is the, the goal of Tableful to uh, democratize and universalize the VIP experience, <laughs> make it easier for people to access. 
uh, while decentralizing the promotional aspect of it. So not uh, we were both decentralizing the table itself and having multiple people join it, but we're also decentralizing the promotion of it by allowing multiple people to sell seats to the same table. Yeah. So we can sell seats to our tables as tableful and other promoters as well. If they're young promoters and they want to get into the game, we're going to offer them that opportunity through Tableful to connect with all the spaces that we have and have those promotional efforts done there. And we're also going to work with the venues to bring those experiences to more people. So as uh, I mentioned, this next phase for Tableful is going to be mainly about um, marketing the product, about uh, raising the product and brand awareness, which means letting people know what Tableful is, you know, who we are and what we do. And as part of that, um, I will likely be engaging in more conversations like this. Uh, I will seek to, you know, speak with uh, whatever groups that I'm able to, to encourage uh, learning about Tableful, using Tableful. And at the same time, as marketing efforts go on, uh, we, of course, still have a lot of technical work that we're working on. Uh, we have a lot of cool aspects to our project that are coming down the pipeline. So I'm myself busy on managing the project, making sure that the project develops like we need it. Um, and in conversation with our venue partners as well. Um, and to uh, really emphasize the marketing aspect of it and to increase the number of venue partners that we have. Great stuff. It's so exciting to see. And, um, and yeah, so the last thing to do now, I mean, it's uh, that, that has been the four questions done. Um, and it's been fantastic. But so obviously, we, we know that you're going to be promoting table for obviously, um, it is time for the shameless plug. So please do let the people listening know where exactly we can find table full and um, any social media stuff that we should follow as well to um to get in, in line for the exciting things coming up in this amazing project that you've started. Yes, thank you again. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and, and your audience about Tableful. Uh, you can find Tableful at, uh, you, if you either search the, the term Tableful on Facebook or Instagram, it should come up. But our handle on uh, Instagram is tableful.club, yep. the dot meaning a period in the middle. And that's also our web address. Uh, table, tableful uh, runs on a web application, which means it's a website that's accessible uh, through any uh, browser. Um, and also you can download the website to uh, function like an application on any device. Yeah. So uh, tableful.club is the website or www.tableful.club. Um, tableful.club also on Instagram. Uh, and we're also going to be um, working on various marketing efforts in terms of user-generated content and whatnot in the next uh, year to come. So hopefully people will be seeing and hearing more about Tableful in their general uh, fees and whatnot but yeah please do go to join.tableful.club for a landing page that will tell you more about tableful uh, where you'll be able to reach out to uh, us at tableful with any questions and concerns and you can reach out to me as well directly at hamlet at tableful.club fantastic great stuff hamlet Honestly, man, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Talk 4 podcast. Like I said, absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, looking forward to speaking with you again at some point, uh, maybe in real life. <laughs> <laughs>
the next time hopefully yeah we wish your hope so and and thank you guys as well for listening this has been episode 62 it's been a really really good one and if you'd like to listen to our past episodes go and have a look at our channel and if you'd like to listen into the future ones make sure to hit that subscribe button and spread some love by leaving a like and a comment and also valentine's day tomorrow you know what I'm doing for tomorrow? I've got three podcasts lined up. So you people, you've got loads of content coming your way. It's going to be fantastic. Looking forward to sharing it all with you people. Have a good one. Thanks for listening and signing off for now.